Uh, Pastor Sam, thank you so much for uh, giving us time and um, for sharing the pulpit. And um, I all, I'm always reminded of what our college life was back in our FBCA days. When we don't have any food, uh, we'll scavenge. Try to knock on doors, and then, uh, of course, Pastor Manalo Sr. cannot always say no. So uh, whatever we have there, but Century Tuna is my favorite with the newly cooked rice. So I appreciate that. Those are the things that you will really forget. And I'm a music guy. I'm always in love with music. You know that. It runs in my blood, and it just thrills me to see young people being used by God. And we have the second generation here. Uh, Brother Kenneth, thank you. And then, of course, God had, when he had uh, scattered some talents, I think Bergen uh, were ready, you know, <laughs> catch all the talents. And I wish I could bring home the choir. And you might um, expect, well, Brother Eugene, you are a musician. How about your church? Well, we're not that blessed to have many singers. I think uh, that's the downside of it. And uh, are there some of your kids play? No, they don't. Uh, I play music and I cook, <laughs> so sometimes I do their laundry. That's uh, where the menial tasks that you have to do while uh, being a father. But I'm so glad, you know what? They are in the ministry. They're not the perfect kids. I want them to be, but you know what? God gives me grace, and I never lose hope. There will always be a victory. But uh, Today, I just want to speak, and uh, I'm so glad that I was able to strike through or slash some of the points that I have to give, and that's uh, actually when you are attending a conference, you have to pay attention. Oh, I cannot say that anymore, but I'm so glad, <laughs> so you don't have to repeat yourself. But I was thinking, because I might uh, put a little bit of a, a twist on it, uh, when I received a text from Pastor Sam, I said, uh, please preach the... Um, missions theme and then at the end of his message be a channel of blessing so all along i know oh be a channel of blessing that's a good theme so i started studying <laughs> at first i think uh, sister naomi called um shoot me a text and she said uh, okay uh, i think i'll be speaking with the men i prepared i prepared first samuel 22 then i'm not uneasy about it so i switched to second samuel chapter 22 then finally coming over here, I said, oh, oh, make me a channel of blessing. That's a good, <laughs> good theme. And then when I was here last night, I said, oh, our last command, his last command. And so I was cramming. I was supposed to go out with Sister Nelia, but I need to make some revisions. And I'm so glad that's actually where the Bible college training uh, comes in. And I was praying. I said, uh, just be, just open your heart to the people. And I think... Uh, we cannot replace that. Pastor Sam, thank you so much and uh, for all the accommodations. And sometimes you would be telling, well, um, are you going to rub the people the right way, appreciating them? Well, I always do. Actually, that's been uh, the attitude of Apostle Paul. If you're going to study Romans chapter 16, when he ended up his letter, he made mention of Gaius providing house. For the missionary, guys, thank you so much for opening your house. I'm speaking on behalf of missionary. I think uh, that's a good practice, the best way to do it. And for those younger generation who's not married yet, now you know what to do. Once you buy your beautiful house, I think it will be more blessed if you're going to house in those a man of God. 
coming today. And we're just so blessed. And um, today, I'm just going to give everything that I have. I'm currently teaching at the Bible College, and it's been my policy to take a look at the Bible. I've been preaching for so long, and some I regret. It may be coming from me, my opinion, and sometimes I preach out of anger and compassion. You may not know. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And the Bible says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And I'm just blessed that we have the word of God today. And I'm just so thrilled after three years of being here in the U.S., this is my first mission conference. You know how church uh, closed their doors. They were shut down due to COVID, but I'm so glad you still are fighting. And we have a good number today, given that it's Saturday. They should be in the mall, but they are here in the church. Well, Acts chapter 13. Last night while I was listening to Pastor Gilbert, when he said, Book of Acts, not 13, not 13. So he said... 16, I am so relieved. But he started talking about gifts. Oh my goodness, that's my first point. He's trying to steal all my points. Well, Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, I won't ask you to stand, but I'll be reading it. Just follow along with your eyes. It says in Acts chapter 13, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God and in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. When they had gone through the Isle of Pap Antipapos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. And thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Last two verses. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished as the doctrine of the Lord. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Shall we bow down our heads in prayer? Lord, thank you so much for the liberty that we have in studying thy word. Oh, Lord God, please help me to be a channel of blessing today. Lord, there's a great task for them to do 2023. May there all be a lot of prayers abounding, oh, Lord God, and a lot of mercy and loving. Lord, help them not to deviate from 
thy calling. Oh Lord God, please bless this church. So many tears have uh, poured praying for this, and there's a lot of challenge to establish this kind of ministry. Oh Lord, thank you for being with them all those years. Lord, I may be unfaithful in praying for them, but Lord, thank you so much. We have thee. Our Lord Jesus Christ is even praying for us, helpless creature. Lord, thank you so much. I pray that uh, may we see our Lord Jesus Christ and thy word will be preached with all humility for I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, let me just introduce to you the book of Acts. Um, it's always good to know what's the reason behind um, the book of Acts was penned or written. Now, uh, as they always say, I'm always reliant to what I've read from the past. Acts is actually, uh, they say, sometimes called fifth gospel. It acts uh, as a bridge from the gospel going to the epistle. So once you read uh, 1 Corinthians and all those uh, prison epistles, Pauline epistles, those 13 epistles, and probably including Hebrews, it says that's the transition where it really happened. And if you're going to look at the history of the church, there's no other book to read than book of Acts. Now, you would know a reason in just a short while, but this book was probably written, they say, approximately in the period of 30 years. So it covers the 30 years of church history. And how old is Bergen now? 30 plus? So it seems like uh, we're on the same page here. And this book of Acts actually inspired the very beginning of the church. And let me add to that, even what we call now mission. So this is the book of Acts, and I think we have to look at it and read it and learn so we may have a clear view of what mission is all about. Because we cannot rally the people to be behind you or to just pursue, continue on, because we're not looking here for about 10 years job. It will be a lifelong commitment. We're already gone here on this earth, and they have to continue to pursue on what we've started, and we call that somehow legacy. And I think we need to be fully aware how uh, they carried it out during the first century. We can always learn from history. You know, there's a lot of negativity around us, but I think the best thing that we need to cling to in this life are the positive things, the one that would actually encourage us, the one that will be an addition to us. I was just listening to Pastor uh, Ronald. What do we get by doubting? Actually, not, nothing. It destroys us. It actually tries to stop us from what we want to achieve in this life. Now, we're going to look at the book of um, Acts. Uh, we're going to take uh, every consideration, all the action that was carried out by this church, especially in the field of evangelization. Now, those words are actually uh, not in circulation anymore, and we wonder why, because there's, it's not being talked about. What are we going to do if we're going to go out on visitation? Now, um, while growing up, I always uh, sat under the pastor who has a sense of humor, and they always love to tell jokes. I love jokes, too, clean jokes, by the way. And uh, they were praying about going out on visitation, and they asked this lady to pray uh, as this group of ladies going to uh, go out somewhere. Lord, on her prayer, says, please stop the rain. Don't let it rain, O oh Lord God. 
And when they are about to leave, she said, uh, can you please get my umbrella? It might rain. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? We need to do uh, something. I mean to say, whatever we say, it should not be in doubt. Now, uh, first of all, let us... Let me take you back to this verse because this is very crucial. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in what we call the missionary uh, enterprise? I call it enterprise because if we're going to look at it as if this is the main job of the church, what is this enterprise all about if this is going to be a ministry? So uh, first of all, let it's always good to start in Acts chapter 1. I need fast tense right now, and I know the guys are doing a good job in flashing all the verses there from the screen. By the way, that's a KJV screen, okay? <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and unto Samaria, or in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I think that's the three points that I'm going to look at today. Be a blessing in your Jerusalem. Then second, in your Judea and Samaria. And thirdly, unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, if we're going to use this verse, it will be a great verse to use in mission conferences. The Bible says, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So I mean to say, in order for us to be a powerful witness, it should be relying, or a church should be relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. It must be led by the Holy Spirit in every ministry that we have. Now we're going to proclaim the message. Now the message itself may be good. It may be perfectly delivered. The pastor may be articulate in sending out the message, but actually... It will be void if the, it doesn't have the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, we've been trained here in the U.S. And I was there first year that I went home. Uh, I, I was trying to be like an American. <laughs> and I rode the bus. I don't have any vehicle during that time. And the con conductor, they say conductor, it's not a choir conductor. Where are you going? And I said... Santiago, silent T, <laughs> Santiago. The conductor said, where? Santiago, uh, where's that? Actually, he was talking in Tagalog. I said, Santiago. Oh, yeah, yeah, Santiago. Then he issued a ticket for me. You know, I kind of um, had these steps, but I'm losing the spirit. Somehow, I'm not connecting with them. And that's actually the danger. You might be thinking, oh, I'm doing the job well. Well, it should be showered by a lot of prayers. Now, um, it doesn't matter what kind of personality a leader or a pastor has. What you'll be looking for is the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care if it's unlearned person or doesn't have any a degree. You know what? It's the power of the Holy Ghost. So I pay attention. You know, those things that we are down looking upon, the Bible says God had chose them. They don't have any degree, no noble at all. But God had chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Why? In order for the glory of God to be glorified. It is God that's doing the work, and it's not us at all. Amen. 
I may uh, sound like a very good, it's all outlined, it's all organized, but without the power of God, I'm like a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. I'm just making noise after all. It should be God that doing the speaking. So it says, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now let me read a passage in Acts chapter 10 verse 19. I think this time I'll be needing help from our tech guy there. Acts chapter 10. If, if we could uh, show it on screen. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Now, uh, I like the preaching of uh, Pastor Tenorio because he made mention about vision. Uh, on the verse that we've read, Acts chapter 13, there is also the guy named Bar-Jesus, who is sorcerer. If we are not knowledgeable in the Bible, we might be deceived by him. But good thing, Apostle Paul is there. The Bible says, try every spirit. Not all people that has vision, you will uh, follow. Now, uh, Peter was under the impression he thought that he had a vision, but this time the real one had spoken, the spirit spoke. There are three men that seek thee. You know, during this time, it's not a big crowd that the Lord is interested upon. If you're going to look at uh, books of, book of Acts, there was the empowerment that was done in chapter 1. Then later on, 3,000 got saved, 5,000 got saved on Acts uh, chapter 2 and 3. And then there was a problem that arises. It's all about money. Um, Ananias and Sapphira were there, but the Holy Spirit is active. Now in chapter 7, there came um, the calling of the deacon in the church. Uh, it was named, those were called the just and righteous man. And then in chapter 7, um, Stephen was persecuted, martyrdom of Stephen. Then chapter 8, um, there was a guy that got saved, Ethiopian eunuch. Then chapter 9, Apostle Paul got saved. And then chapter 10, Cornelius. Now Peter was wondering why God is not a uh, respecter of person. He thought that he was called among the Jews. But going in first time into the house of a Gentile, he said, God is truly doing a marvelous work. You will never, you will probably wonder why, what is happening? What is God doing? Well, I'm not supposed to be hanging out with a bad crowd. That's what you might be thinking. You know, that's the mistake of the Jewish people when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, he was sitting down with the publicans and sinners. They call him a wine beaver, literally a drunkard. You know, what would you do? Some might misjudge if you're hanging around with the uh, wrong crowd as they see it. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is at work. Then chapter 11, then chapter 13, I want you to be aware that this is the first instance wherein the first missionary had been carried on. Chapter 13 and 14, and it concluded, chapter 16 comes the second missionary journey of Apostle Paul. Then thirdly, on chapter 18 to 21, the third missionary journey. Then Apostle Paul was sent to the mob at Jerusalem. Those are large crowd of people scrutinizing him. And then came the Sanhedrin on chapter 22. Then he went and faced Felix. 23, 24, uh, Festus. Then 25 is Agrippa. Then he went to Rome or set sail. In 27, they have a shipwreck, what we call a storm. And then finally he went back to Rome. 
Well, Pastor, is that the summary of Acts? Pretty much. But you can actually dig in yourself and know for sure what took place. That should give you a curiosity. If you're going to learn what mission is all about, then refer and go back to this book. After all, it was the Holy Spirit who initiated it. It was said by the Lord Jesus Christ, but ye shall receive power. If we're looking at the last command, then we'll have to take note of the very person itself. It's not us just carrying the mission. We need to know who's the real boss. And let me tell you, it's not even the pastor who will have the vision. Vision comes from the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is telling you, give, then tarry no longer. Don't delay it. Then just give heartily. You know, it's the other way around now. When I was a missionary here, I love seeing money. Who would not want? Okay? And one of my embarrassing experiences, I can talk freely about it now because it's been too long. Okay? I went to North Carolina, Farmers Baptist Church, and they've given me a love offering. They gave me like a $900 love offering. And, you know, as a missionary... Let me see the fruit of my labor today. I cried. I sing. I did preach well. I said, I was counting the money. And we just pulled over on the side of the rope. And I was counting the money. Somebody just handed in $300. And then I look. It's one of the men from the church. He said, I forgot to bring it, give it to the offering plate. You know what? That's the most embarrassing time of my life. I was doing it my way. But you know what? God is not done yet. He's always like, have something more extra for me. You know, uh, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. You, wa you want things to be done this way and that way, your personality. You want to be as Americanized as you want to blend in. But you know what? The Holy Spirit has another dealing. If the Lord wants you to speak to that guy, don't delay anymore. Just tell them about God. Well, I'm very hesitant. You know what? When I came here, after a month, said, I have problem speaking this language. I cannot even carry on a conversation. How am I going to present to them the gospel? And I try to internalize and think about what comes into the mind of people that you always come in contact with every day. How would you deal to a person that's highly fashioned? How, how would you deal to a person who is a picky eater, who has never heard about the Bible? I try to assume or take put my myself in their shoes, what's it going to be? You know, I try to be creative as much as possible. Try to bring them into the arena wherein I can confidently share the gospel. But Lord, I said, give me power. Give me strength to do this, even to invite. I may feel corny. And you know what, to a Filipino just coming in, in this country, I've been here before, but don't misinterpret me. If you'll be hanging around with them, they might think, oh, this guy is um, trying to stalk me. <laughs> you know, that's, that will be the first impression. And you would just want to be friendly as much as possible. Try to smile at them. They might feel weird uh, when you're around with them. But you know what? That's what the Lord wants me to do. Is it wrong to buy a Bible and then just give it to someone? That's the Lord's wanting me to do. You know what? That's the very struggle. If you'll procrastinate or you won't do that, you won't be able to do that any longer. That's why in your work, whatever nature of work you're into, declare, I'm a Christian. And I always tell them, Sunday is for the Lord. 
That's why I never lasted in a job. This is my fourth job. I tell them right to their face, I cannot give you the Sunday. Sunday is for my church. That's my life. You're not going to take that away from me. There are some things that you really have to strong firm. And that we're not just talking about principle. If only me, I would work. Why? I'll get this. But you know what? What happens to me, it's like pain the whole day. I knew that I'm in the wrong place. I should be at the church singing with people, seeing them... Uh, praising the Lord, but I am not. You know what? It will drain you. You can't go against the power of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, he is the author of what we call the Missionary Commission. If you're going to see the gospel, uh, it's been told that go. But in book of Acts, it's a confirmation of what you need to do and what if you are doing the right thing. Now, I haven't given you the first point yet, and this is the blessing, the blessing of using our gifts to God. I'll be very brief on this point because it was already been uh, discussed last night, and we are well aware, if we're going to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you can find it in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, but God actually gave what to the church? You have one in front? pastors and i can hear the other uh, you know if you're on this congregation you would hear another teacher so you will learn two things while sitting where you're at you can hear the ladies sunday school and then the men sunday school which is so nice i've experienced that uh, i think year 1998 i was sitting right there and pastor max is giving the sunday school you know what we have teachers we have pastor prophets and there's are so many gifts given to us but those were what we call the prominent one the one on the top of the list and they are there because of what to for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and the edification of the believers and there's a lot i put in here, the purpose of those gifted men is to establish the unity of the faith, to bring the knowledge of Jesus Christ, to build up the body of Christ for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, to, be, to bring the church in a fully matured state that we might be conformed or that we might be conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they get their hands full. It's a big burden to carry. But they are gifts. Now, they are not perfect human beings, but they are the ones that's doing the very responsibility. You know, when you got saved, or when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ is the moment you got saved. And automatically, you become a part of this church. Uh, you might not know it yet, but positionally, when somebody invited you in and then you got saved here, responded to the preaching, you became a family of BBBC, Bergen Bible Baptist Church. And actually, this is the time when we're in, the Lord had started a work in you. And if you've been coming here, not yet a member, you need to be active and committed in the church work. I'm referring to Bergen Bible Baptist Church, this local congregation. Now, um, the main goal of the church Pastor Sam said uh, the other time when he was standing here to bring glory to God. And then secondly is to edify the believer. Uh, you cannot take out any of this list. Yes. 
it needs to be there. And then lastly is to evangelize, to win the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, um, we studied uh, Greek most of the time. If you're, be, if you're going to study in the Bible school, you always study Greek words. And um, one of the Greek words that we studied about is church. And it comes from a Greek word, ekklesia. Ek is out. So if you're going to go out today, I'm going to ek ek. <laughs> That's not it. I'm, uh, okay, uh, I'm so glad that you can still smile. But ekklesia, out. Now, ekklesia, it's not ekklesia, it's kaleo. Uh, to be called, called out, save and baptize believer. But you know, if you're going to look at Acts, they don't even know what ecclesia is. They're probably not interested to the word meaning for the church itself. It was given to them. It was described about them. What they are active about is the very work itself. So the blessing of the gift. They know for sure that God has given them this gift and it had to be used for the Lord's glory. Now, um, I've gathered some information here about the word edify. Uh, the word used for edification in the New Testament is oikodome, which translate, you are building a house. And Apostle Paul uses it a lot, edify the believer, edify the Christian. And dictionary says another thing, edify is to instruct and improve, especially in moral and religious knowledge. I don't have anything uh, against about it because it's almost the same. Maybe uh, there, uh, it's not more on the context of being spiritual or has something to do with building a church. Now, Vine says, another Bible scholar, um, he wrote this on expository dictionary of Old and New Testament words. The word actually indicates promotion of spiritual growth and development of characters of believers by teaching and by becoming an example as suggesting spiritual progress as a result of patient labor. Now, I really like what Vines had given us all about edification. Meaning to say, Pastor Eugene, I need to be patient. I think you need to. If you're going to be teaching, then don't throw tantrums. You need to be patient. Do I have to be hypocrite or plastic? No, the Bible says you need to have that joy. First of all, you need to understand the thing that you are doing is not for you. It's for the body of Christ. You are building something. You know, it's hard to build. Believe me. I have a responsibility to my wife, to my kids, and you have a church. And I'm so glad that God is giving gifts to the church. I'm not going to flatter you, Pastor Sam. It's not me like flattering. I just tell everything as, as it is, the way I see it. But I'm so glad that the Lord hath blessed this church uh, with the Manalo family. Amen? Amen? Why? And this is a joke. Hindi ka matatalo. Bakit? Panalo na. Okay, that gift alone, you know what, if you have them, I'm so glad that when I left Liberty Bible Baptist Church, that's the only time those men actually stepped up with their game. I was preaching four times in a month via live stream, and I have to wake up four in the morning to prepare for our prayer meeting on, Saturday, on Friday. I said, I cannot do it. I tried to do two jobs, and I was studying in the college, and plus... A lot of things on the other side. I'm getting thinner. 
You know, I'm getting so stressed. I said, I had to give up. I just need to preach to you guys twice in a month. And then they were forced to study. At first, you would hear them, oh, I said, oh, that's a canned good again. They probably get that from a Google and somewhere. They are better than me if they are delivering it. Uh, they are better in construction, better delivery. But I said, Lord, thank you so much. Just like Apostle Paul, he heard somebody preaching out of envy, out of strife. But in his life, he said, I'm thankful because Christ is being preached. You know what? They grew. And I praise God for the pandemic. While a lot of people are complaining about it, I said, the Lord gave that for our church to be better. You know, it's good so that you can see the real, who's, who has the real faith. What their faith is made up of. Are they going to church because uh, you are forcing them? Or out of, of being nahihiya? It should be voluntary. And then you would know if they already had the faith. And I'm so glad that they stepped up for the needs of the edification. Now, um, there is what we call in our church mutual edification. And we need to understand what this mutual is all about. It doesn't mean that I'm strong. I'll be always strong. The Bible says, ye who are spiritual, guide those who are weak. So here at how it goes. Let's say there's a kid in the Sunday school. Most of the Sunday school teachers are doing that. If the kids cannot sing, what do you need to do as a matured person? You need to usher that kids. You need to uh, show them where to, to, to stand and, and then gently guide them. You might sing along with them. You know, that's what the spirit of every believer should be in the church. You are checking actually the uh, spiritual status of every member. Edification has something to do with accountability. Every one of us is accountable. If God had given you that uh, talent, like uh, Sister Rochelle, I got it right, and Pastor Abel, they play the piano. You know what? If you take them out, no matter how good you sing, without those keys playing, it doesn't add up. Where are they? Why? They are responsible, accountable, because God gave them that gift in order to be used here, to guide you. Somebody might be in discouraged right now if they hear your music. You know what? A lot of people coming to me. And I thought I'm very good, but I'm not. <laughs> when I look at the YouTube, oh, I have a lot of practicing to do. The more I think of myself as nothing. But I'm so glad I was encouraged. I was able to encourage someone. I preached not too long ago to a church, and I said, your attendance is a must. The Lord says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. After I preached, the lady said, no one told me that I am encouraging my pastor when I attend the church. I said, you are already an encouragement. Even though if you're just sitting and not singing, your presence alone gives us the smile every morning in our church. You know what? All of those things, menial things, um, unnoticeable things, those are the things that will edify. I'm talking about the mutual edification. You should know the grocery of other people. If they cannot get some grocery, then why don't you do it for them? That's what you call mutual. And it, it, this will actually continue on. Just imagine what church you would see. And we are responsible for the next generation. Accountability. So we need to lovingly check and um, make sure that the needs of the church are being met. And this is now what you call true 
fellowship, the interaction that's happening with each and every member. You know, you would think, uh, but they are in a different generation, different age. They speak Ilocano, I speak Kapampangan. You know what? We are more bonded compared to a family by blood. We have the common faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? Uh, uh, I wish my brother is not listening to this. But you know what? If you're going to check my remitly, it's the, uh, uh, his names are all over it. When he said, Pantawid, Pantawid uh, lang naman dyan. Can you send me out? You know what? I would like to teach him, but uh, coming from me, it will be very hard. I might hurt him deeply if I'm going to rebuke him. Lord, how will I do this? But you know what? There is always a soft spot in me, like Kurut, love for my brother. What if he ran into a gangster or bandit and then tried to rob someone? I don't want him to end like that. There's always that gentle part of me that I will help him anyway. I have a needs and bill to pay, car, insurance, and so many things. I'm becoming like 75% American already. <laughs> But I told them, I always uh, tell them, no, I'm a Filipino redneck. Why? We live almost at the boundary of West Virginia. So, but you know what? At the end of the day, the goodness always still wins. I try to reason out and try to be logic as much as possible. But you know what? God has given you the gift. If you are a giver, sometimes you don't mind if you cannot take back or they cannot pay you back. There will always be part of you that loves giving. And I said, Lord, now you have put me here in this country. Help me to nourish that gift. I want to be a giver. You know what? There's always joy in me. Not because uh, I have a lot of money, but when you see a person that you have given, they are really thankful, especially if they need that. It's written all over their face. They are happy. Somebody actually responded. But you know what? It's not just the need. But if God speak to you, just do it. That is what you call mutual edification. Now let me just uh, go to the second point. I know we have another preacher coming next. Um, that's actually what I can do with our uh, Jerusalem. Now we're going to our Judea and in Samaria. Not only the blessing of um, using our gifts, then secondly... Uh, if I can find it here, I was supposed to print it, and this is my first time preaching using an iPad, so bear with me. Uh, where are you? Please show yourself. The blessing of surrendering our lives for the ministry. And this is where I'm going to use the text right now. It says in chapter 13, Acts, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. It says here Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Now Herod the Tetrarch uh, is the guy that actually... Uh, beheaded John the Baptist. He is friend with Manaean, but somehow they went different ways. Some, uh, the other actually uh, choose the right path, and then the other one uh, uh, choose the wrong one. And it says here, Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work unto I have called them. It's not separate Barnabas and Paul, but it says, 
acknowledge him that I have called them for a specific work. Now, these men that were mentioned are actually surrendered, or they have surrendered to be the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And little did they know, we're studying it right now, they are the first group of people that will actually carry on the first missionary journey. And uh, let me just uh, put a picture here in your mind. Um, who are these people? Some actually had a background like, uh, by the name itself, you would know, um, was called Niger. Uh, they were thinking that um, he was a Jew or a Hebrew. And some would even say uh, he's black. And Barnabas and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, so they have uh, come from different walks of life. But you know what? They banded all together doing the only work that the church needs to do at that moment. Now, uh, let me look at the first, the logistic. Now, when this book of Acts was written, it was about AD 46, this portion here in Acts chapter 13 to 48. Now, it took at least two years for them to complete the first missionary journey. And um, they traveled around 14,000 miles, and the people were involved were namely Paul, Barnabas, and then John Mark. Somehow, Apostle Paul had problem with John Mark. John Mark is a young fellow and probably has uh, been pampered by his mom. And we cannot blame him because he probably have heard Apostle Paul having a shipwreck or problem or imprisoned or beaten. He was really hesitant to go out with them. Where will I sleep? I'm just a young man. I need to be enjoying. And then he stayed at uh, the comfort of Jerusalem. He didn't go out with them. Now, Apostle Paul has what we call has an abrasive nature. He's not perfect at all. Well, uh, I don't like that young man, John Mark. He's not profitable in the ministry. But you know what? Barnabas is the other way around. He is an encourager. He always see the potential of, of the guy, and he says, like, uh, pampering or tap on the shoulder, well, uh, uh, he's just having a rough day. Don't pay attention to him. Well, I think John Mark saw that he will be transformed later on. But Apostle Paul actually commended John Mark. Bring John Mark with you. Bring the parchment, too. He is really profitable in the ministry. Well, uh, those were the things that happened to them, but let me point to you that there is what we call logistic in surrendering your lives to the ministry. If you're going to surrender your life in missions giving, then um, I printed out a copy of uh, Population of Filipino in New Jersey. And there is 450 to 500 zip codes of you guys. I didn't want to look at it, but I, I just want to challenge the church today. Let me just take a look how many Filipinos in New Jersey. Folks, Bergenfield, New Jersey has the highest percentage of Filipino living here. Uh, any guys has a cal calculator here? Can you help me out? 26,272 times 11.92%. How many Filipino would that be? Anyone can help me? 1192 percent, 26,272, 200, 200, 26,272 times 11.92, 260, 
So there are at least 260, but in New Jersey, 240,000 population times 6.60 Filipinos. So thank you, engineers and math. But now um, let me just pose in there. We have this what we call logistics. If we are going to witness or to strengthen our Jerusalem, then we will be ready to go out in our Judea and Samaria. Amen. And to be really true to your calling, before you can actually shine outside uh, of New Jersey, you need to shine brightest here in your location. Mean to say there is a big job to be done here. While you are drawn attention of I want people getting saved outside of this country, you need to have a greater concern on what's happening here in Bergen alone. 260 is a lot. But who will be willing to knock on doors of your neighbor? Who will be willing to find out who are those Filipinos? You know what? We were at the time here in, um, in New York when we stayed there for about four months. We were trying to hunt down Filipinos. I am an all ears. I don't have anything to buy at Walmart, but I always hang in there. Why? Filipinos love Walmart. And you would take a note. If there will be, you know, some sound going on in there, they're talking. If just one hint came out from their mouth, just a Filipino word, I would approach them right away. And you know what? I was very successful in doing that. Those are just some things. Logistic. What are your plans? Because missionaries were we call itinerants. They, called, they, they sailed in uh, places like Salamis, where um, Apostle Paul had stand over in the synagogues. Apostle Paul's attitude is, first time, if he goes to a place, he always looks for the synagogues where people want to meet. I mean to say he's always interested in the congregation. If you guys are going to travel uh, outside New Jersey, find uh, places wherein you can actually serve the Lord. There was a family over in Ohio. They went out on Sunday morning, and I know they don't want to backslide. You know what? They started singing at the beach. Then somebody just flocked in. Oh, they are Christians too. They started having devotion. Wow. Uh, service by the beach. But you know what? This is somehow that uh, what things are happening to Apostle Paul. They don't have any direction at all, like go to one place or this, but you know what? They have plans, and they were encountered, they encountered Bar Jesus in Paphos. They say they sailed, or they lose. So from places to places, they have itineraries, but you know what? They've not, um, all their journeys have never been that good. They were confronted by this enemy of righteousness, which I have read earlier, The guy that's filled with deceit, and even those people, uh, our rulers have uh, advisors who are not really knowledgeable about God. So there are some oppositions and hindrances. But you know what? Judea and Samaria is really a challenging job. So uh, I'm not advising you, but if you're going to shoot for that 100 missionaries, then start working here it it will help a lot uh, maybe uh, pastor sam says uh, he has a goal if there will be like 10 filipino families will be added here you think you will smile will you be happy 
In our church there, if we only have like one or two visitors, we are already rejoicing. We impress them with our singing, with our shaking hands. You know what? All the serving attitude always comes out. We put the plate to them and then, well, have the first uh, scoop of rice whenever we have fellowship. You know what? That's our Judea and in Samaria. And thirdly, I won't take long, blessings in sending missionaries to the uttermost part of the earth. Um, I'm just going to wrap up here. Uh, I could spend long, but let me just tell you what took place with reaching to the uttermost part of the earth, and it is done via preaching. It says here in Acts chapter 13, verse 42 and uh, 43, Acts chapter 13. And uh, when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Now, uh, Apostle Paul, actually, the story here, he went to the synagogues, and then he started preaching in Acts chapter 13, verse 15. After the reading of the law, so in the synagogue, they would read the law first, and the prophets and the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So it's an open forum. Then verse 16, Apostle Paul stood up. Then he went on elaborating what happened when God called uh, Israel and out of Egypt, and then he went on, talked about David, and then he went on how the Messiah would come, forgive us of our sin. And this actually the conclusion now, and when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, they want Apostle Paul to preach again the same message. We besought you by next Sabbath, mean to say by next uh, congregation here, can you come again and preach the same message to us? Folks, people will be hungry with the message. Y you know what? I've been preaching for so long and I don't even know how to present the Lord Jesus Christ, really. But you know what? There will always be people who will be listening about the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? In our preaching, I was struck and it was really bold and I think I would second that. Uh, Pastor Roman uh, was telling us during our, our class that some actually are dealing with uh, some subjects like abortion. I think uh, if you have an option, your first option would be just preach the Lord Jesus Christ. You will actually never go wrong. You won't even sound politics at all. You know what, what's lacking is we don't talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. We always talk about ourselves. People are eager and actually thirsting that they would hear the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? It's not just your word. But when you preach the Lord Jesus Christ, may they see Jesus Christ in you. The purpose of edification is for every believer to become like the Lord Jesus Christ, to meet that kind of standard. And you know, this is very hard. In this country, I would honestly say, it is hard to preach the Lord Jesus Christ. You might face uh, some persecution. I would be glad if they put that on TikTok while you are preaching and then they would cover that. Not just to make a name of yourself, but for them to know that there is some man in Bergen that 
would dare to do that, that they are not ashamed. Folks, if members would do that, then the people will say, oh, they really mean business in that Bergen. You know what? Start talking. If, if they stop you, like you'll be traveling from New Jersey to New York via bus or via train, then hand out tracks. Then if they say, oh, tracks is not allowed here. Folks, you need to be brave. You're not doing anything wrong against the Constitution. Just do it anyway. Carry gospel tracks with you. If there's somebody who's discouraged, can I, can I hold your hand? If it's a lady to lady, then say, can I pray for you? Folks, it's time for us to step up our game as a Christian. I am encouraging you and begging you. You know, it's hard for me to do that too because I am subject to what I'm preaching right now. But if we really mean mission, then we have to stick to the plan the way the Bible wants us to be in the book of Acts. Too many said, but we really need to do it now. You know, as I stop in the gasoline station, maybe I would tell them, the Lord Jesus Christ needs you. And I don't know, I'm not a prophet, but if pastors Max would tell us something, well, Bergen, you need to do more in reaching and talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know what work? I'm, I sometimes get fed up. Uh, people here will start the day uh, negatively. Oh, I have a back pain. Oh, I have this, I have that, and I have that. You know, uh, I said, this is what I signed for coming here. And, you know, uh, you sometimes would want to burst out. Can you please spare me from, from what's happening in your life? You know, you want to do that, but you won't, you, you won't have uh, work next day. That's sad. Lord, how do I keep the balance? I felt like I'm left out. I'm all alone. You know, I'm being honest right now. I've walked the walk as a missionary, but to live here, it's another thing. I'm so glad I have to have the taste of both worlds. That's why I'm telling you this in my perspective right now. You know, there's things that you want to do, but you are like, you're held back because your hands are tied. You don't know what to do. I'm like in a lost place. But you know what? I always go back. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But the Holy Spirit, He will be the one that will inspire me. And if you die... You died with a good cause. Some may view it as a foolishness. No, but that's the life of being a Christian. Folks, this message is all over the place, but I can't hold it anymore in my heart. We just need to do it. And maybe this week, you won't intend to, but if you are led by the Holy Spirit, then do it. You might be working with a person in the hospital, and uh, you know for sure you've been guilty. You haven't done and said this. Do it now before it's too late. You might have a neighbor. You haven't even throw a smile on them. Well, I think it's time to be nice. You know, it will take you on another level as a Christian. Folks, you need to apply. And me too. I will do that. You know, it's hard. But I said to my wife, what am I going to do? Am I going to just work from one company to another? Uh, I've encountered already six people here. Uh, when they saw me, oh, you are already rich. <laughs> no, I'm not. They thought I'm in America. I've, I have already a lot of money. If I tell you I, I bought that from Goodwill, you won't believe. I got a good bargain. You just know how to survive. But I said, how can I just uh, open my bank account to these people and then tell them? 
it says another thing, but I'm so glad. Means to say, I am blessed to their eye. And I, it felt good, even just a body, a greeting. But you know what? At the end of the day, says, oh, uh, sweetheart, can we just use your vehicle? Why? Because it saves a lot. Mine is eating, so we're just going to ride on, in one vehicle. Can we do that? You know, we have to adjust a little bit. But those things are not really uh, obvious. They cannot read that. But you know what? Those are the practical things in life. I've got to taste a lot, some bit of practical things. But, you know, the missions needs to be followed and implemented. That's the mission. Folks, uh, I'm just going to end this and this about it. Um, uh, when, when I was in the Philippines, I felt, feel healthy. And then there comes a time here, uh, I was uh, suspecting I already like on the sleep apnea. Has anyone he uh, hear yourself snoring while you're sleeping? And then it's hard. And after I wake up, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm still awake. It's like your body. Have you done that? Overwork and your hands are numbing. And you want to complain. You complain about the sugar, the carbohydrates, everything. And when somebody uh, wants to show food on you, you said, uh, I just want salad. <laughs> Folks. I don't understand what's happening in my life, but uh, I think uh, the, the reason why you're laughing, you've been on that road before, and you would know. But I'm telling you this, uh, there's so many new experiences to me, and I kind of laugh it, and I'm f I feel relieved that you also laugh. I'm not the only one, and we, we just have to look on one another. I said to my wife, how long are we going to do this? But you know what? I found the two apps. I downloaded it. I'm starting uh, learning Spanish. Hablar, yo habla. So, uh, hola, ¿qué tal? So, if that's an honorific way of greeting, I said, I want to go to Mexico. While we're having a tent meeting there, Crystal was in Mexico, and I was there uh, daydreaming. What's happening in Mexico? Then she came home, told two stories about two weeks. I said, once I save some money, let's go to Mexico. I'm not excited about sand beaches or anything. I said, I want to know. I want to feel. I'm not relying on feeling, but I want to know if that's the new place the Lord will prepare for us. Now we have access. If I land a citizenship, I can basically go anywhere. A blue passport is powerful. And if it's powerful, I might want to go to a place wherein God will call us. I want us to have a good retirement. Not the money, but seeing another fruit in the ministry. Would you please join us in that endeavor? It's something risky and bigger than what we had planned for. But you know what? I'm running 50 right now, and I still feel strong. I'm just preparing. It's just a matter of time. I hope that you would rally for us for this new journey. I have a pleasant talk with Pastor Max uh, when we came here. It, it really never work but you know what relationship never changed i still treat him as a dad we always want to work together to be here and he actually offered i would petition you i would do everything if there's a person that is all out it's like an all out max pastor max he've done that it's so sad uh, that i could turn uh, turn him down but you know what god had blessed you i said God had multiplied more than Pastor Max wants with a lot of members now rallying in the ministry. Folks, I'm so glad, and um, we just live in Ohio. If uh, you want us around, you can always 
affects us and will will appear here. <laughs> will will be just the same. May God bless you, Pastor. Sorry.